Hello and welcome to the Talking Food of Bid Food podcast. I'm Joe Anglis and for this episode I'm excited to say that we're back again talking about trends for 2022. This time we're exploring the trend health is wealth. Later in the episode we're going to be joined by Jim Whelans who is the Group Food Development Director at CH Co. Jim will be sharing his top tips to hit the trend and we'll discuss what CH Co are doing to make sure that they tick all the healthy eating boxes for consumers. But before we welcome Jim on, I'm excited to welcome back as co-host Holly Rogers, who is our Senior Insight and Research Executive at Bidfood. Welcome back to the podcast, Holly. Hi, Joe. Thanks a lot for having me back. No problem at all. So, Holly, for the topic of health is wealth, can you share a bit about what the trend is and how consumer behaviour has changed? Yeah, sure. So the Trends is a campaign that we do every year. This year, we've interviewed um, experts in the industry. We even got a futurist on board. We've been out on the streets of London ourselves to look at what's coming up on menus. And it's all about us trying to understand what's coming over the horizon, what are consumers really looking for, and what are the key trends that are shaping their choices when they're eating and drinking out of home. And that helps us to guide our customers in terms of, you know, what are the key things that they want to be putting on their menus this year, but also beyond that. So one of the key trends this year is health is wealth. And health is something that we've spoken about year on year. So it's definitely not a new trend or a new concept. However, with the health trend, it's so broad that I think the challenge is over time, what healthy means to different people changes. So what we really wanted to understand was when people are saying, okay, I'm looking for healthier options on menus or, oh, I'm really trying to be healthy at the minute. What is it that they actually mean? Um, And it's really important because we saw in some bespoke research that we did a few months ago, one in four people now say that they'll actually go to a different venue if they're somewhere and they don't see healthy options on the menu. Um, So we actually asked people, if you are trying to be healthier, what does it mean? What are you doing when you're eating and drinking out? And the main things that people told us they were doing were either watching their calories, watching the amount of sugar that they consume, um, cutting and reducing alcohol or following specific diets. So whether or not that's a plant-based diet or whether it's a certain food group that they're avoiding. Um, And the other thing we're seeing really rise at the moment, which is also driven by health concerns is that people are reducing their meat intake. So there's lots of people at the minute that they may still be a meat eater. They're not necessarily going full plant-based, but they are mindful of how much they consume. So we're definitely seeing that the choices people are making are changing and the ways in which that they want to eat and drink are changing too. That's great. Thank you, Holly. And there's some really interesting stats there, um, and particularly around people choosing to go to somewhere else if they're not got the healthier options available. So let's bring in Jim now to discuss the trend from an operator standpoint. We're now joined by Jim Whelans from CH Co. Welcome to the podcast and thank you so much for joining us, Jim. Thank you very much for inviting me along. Really pleased to be here and join you. Thank you. So to start things off, Jim, could you please share with the audience a bit about your role at CH Co and your experience in the industry? Um, so I've, I've been, a, been a chef uh, ever since I can remember really, early days of school, really. I've got hooked on, on cooking and and my career from there, starting in hotels and restaurants and then joined the contract coaching world um, in my mid, mid-20s uh, and worked across um, lots of different sectors within uh, within the contract coaching world. Uh, and I've been at CH Co for 13 years, uh, currently looking after uh, the sites outside of, of London 
um, and the food development across the group with um, with my food director. If I take us back to the subject of the episode, which is the health is wealth trends, am I right in saying that this is quite a big focus at the moment for CH and Co in terms of your offerings? And could you maybe share a bit about your strategy to target the health conscious market? So the, the food offer uh, health and wellbeing has been a big part of our food offer at CH and Co for, for a while now. Um, as people have, have wised up and, and their knowledge has improved, um, and especially over the last sort of 18 months, two years, people have really focused on what they're eating and their well-being and, 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 and what they put into their bodies and what they get out of it. Um, so we, we as, you, as you said, it's a broad subject really, and there's lots of different areas to focus on. Um, and with the, the coming of the new calorie labeling as well, you know, there's, there's lots of different areas for us to focus on. I guess that uh, a constant battle that your sites are facing is the fact that people who follow specific diets or are watching their sugar or calorie intake may feel more in control of what they're eating by bringing their own food into work, for example, or by eating at home before they go out to a leisure uh, venue or anywhere, really. How do you encourage these people to eat with you, though? It all comes down to communication, really. Um, it's talking to, the, to our customers and knowing our customers day in, uh, that come into us day in, day out, and asking them what they want. Uh, is there anything we're not doing that we, we would you'd like us to provide for you? And understanding their, their dietary needs um, we, we also do a lot of work behind the scenes in focusing our the ingredients we buy to make sure they're healthy. Um, and we focus on something called that health by stealth. So simple little changes we can make, like making sure we're buying stuff in water rather than in brine. So the salt content, buying the low sugar um, products, we, we can where we can to make sure that our, our, our menus are as healthy as they can be um, for those people that aren't necessarily focused on anything specific. I think there's often kind of an assumption as well with people who are wanting a healthier choice that there has to be a trade-off between either being healthy or having something that's a treat or something that's really enjoyable. Um, you know, people might think that their food has to be slightly more bland or more plain, but is it possible to give people both? So allow them to actually follow through with their health intentions, but also have some really tasty and satisfying meals. And how do you think you can do that? Without a doubt, with, with modern food trends the way they are and the way we embrace the, the culture from around the world and our different foods, we, we can offer um, a very much a very well-balanced diet, healthy, health-focused. Um, and if you look at the, the Middle East, North African trends, um, bringing in the grains and the spices, we can, we can add bags of flavour to, to the food that, that is, is still as healthy. Um, you look at vegan, vegetarian food, how far that's come over the last uh, five to ten years, really. And how much we can offer them that diet that diet choice now, and and as you spoke earlier, we're finding more people are are turning towards a plant based diet because it's seen as being healthier, and also that the the plant the effect it has on the planet from eating meat and red meats. Uh, we all know that the focus on overeating on proteins, and we're finding that the trend of people that aren't necessarily full time vegan vegetarians moving towards that diet. So. We, we can offer a wide range of meals to people packed full of flavor and being healthy. But talking specifically about uh, occasions, I think people have still got a lot of occasions to catch up on from after COVID. Um, do you see dishes and menus for these special occasions or parties or whatever it is becoming more healthier potentially? Is there any demand for this or on these occasions is it all about indulgence? I think it really it really depends on the, the discipline of the person attending the, the event and how strict they're going to be as whether they're going to relax and enjoy themselves. 
and that that is seen as being indulgent or the menu allows you to um, eat healthy and and still feel that you're fitting with everyone else who's there enjoying themselves. Um, as I said, uh, with modern food trends and and the way dishes are created now, they're all created with health and well-being. The days of the, the, the French classics with the butter and heavy on the flour and dishes being unhealthy through through the, the, the way we cook. Those days, we've moved on from those days now. We, we cook lighter, we cook far healthier than we ever did uh, naturally rather than uh, having to make an effort to do it because that's the way um, modern food has moved and, and chefs have moved um, with, with, with every single dish we're serving now um, compared to years gone by. So would you say it's more like uh, people are looking for more of like a premium rather than, so it's like in the middle kind of? Yes, yeah, I would say that we, you need to have a, a good balanced offer to make sure that those people that are there to indulge and, and, and celebrate the, the, the dishes are there for them. And they're also those people that, that want to hold back and want to, to, to stick to their diets can do so without feeling like the odd one's out, but still enjoy themselves and fit in. But I think that's the worst thing when you go out for a meal, if, if you're on a diet and you want to, you have to call the, the person serving you or taking your order, you want something different. You don't really want that. We now need to make sure we embrace everyone and are open for all diets and all, you know, all, all walks of life, really. Yeah, I think that's really interesting. And I think the other thing is if you're eating out and you're a bit like what we were saying before, if you're wanting something healthier, you don't want to be the odd one out, but you also still want to feel like you're out and you're enjoying yourself and you're not being too kind of restrictive or not being able to have what you would really enjoy on the menu. And on a similar kind of topic to that, another thing that we've seen with um, consumers over the past year, especially, and also since the pandemic, is that people have generally become more experimental with food and slightly more adventurous. So they're looking for new cuisines, new flavors, new formats and things like that. We actually saw when we surveyed consumers that over half of people say that if they spot something on a menu that's a cuisine or a flavor that they haven't seen before, they're likely to choose that simply just to try it. Do you think in terms of the health conscious consumer and having them in mind, are there any specific cuisines that you think lend themselves particularly well to healthier or lighter dishes? Yes, we talked about the Middle East and North African because it really fits those grains well and packs full of flavor. Um, the, the, the vegan vegetarian diets, um, they can easily be tweaked uh, and, and very much fit into that, the, the healthier the bracket because of the less, the less meat within those dishes. But people still need to have protein, so we need to make sure that, that when we're creating those dishes, we're, we're taking that into account as well. But um, it, there's lots of different cuisines from around the world that, that eat a very healthy diet. Um, you know, you talk, we, we touch on the Mediterranean diets, for instance, although too much of it and too much of the olive oils can be bad for you, it, they are good oils as well. So there's, there's, there's a big argument around um, having a, a good, healthy diet with what you eat as well. So, for instance, with the calorie counting coming up, you know, there's concerns around that people making the wrong choices, i.e. between whole grains or whole wheat pastas and brown rices or white bread and brown bread because of where the calorie count's taking them. So, you know, there's there's a lot to look at around educational, uh, around healthy eating with the education of people's and their diets. That's a really good point around the educational piece. I think um, we'll go on to that a little bit more in terms of um, the calorie tax later in this episode. But um, I totally agree that there is a lot of education that could be done. And hopefully 2022 is the year that we see more of that. 
But um, thank you so much for sharing that insight into what you're doing for this trend. We're now going to deep dive into some of those key subtrends, starting off with low and no alcohol alternatives. Welcome back to the podcast. In this section, we're going to be breaking down some of the subtrends of health is wealth. We're going to start off with low alcohol and no alcohol. There has been a huge amount of investment in this area, and it feels like every week there is a new brand coming out with a solution. But Jim, are you seeing people are cutting alcohol, and is this influencing their food choices? For example, are they expecting more of a focus on the quality of their food instead? I think people are focusing on more on, on, on lowering the alcohol content when they're out eating um, and looking for, for premium products uh, that are alcohol-free and, and fitting in and quality is is up there. There has to has to be a good a good flavour some drink. So when people are going out and potentially are drivers, so they're not wanting to drink alcohol. There's also a bit of an emphasis now on quality, low alcohol uh, drinks as well. So it's not just that you have to have a diet coke or a coke or whatever it is anymore, is it? No, no, definitely not. We've we've moved on from those days, and and we're, we're focusing more on the premium um, uh, mocktails and those sort of things that people can can really enjoy a nice long drink that is has the flavours of an alcoholic drink but doesn't contain the alcohol um, and it has to be a bit of a, of a, of a premium a premium drink for them to, to enjoy while the other guests are, are enjoying indulging alcohol if it's their choice to um, especially um, the, the drivers within the in that group and also we're finding a trend where the, a lot of uh, the younger generation are moving away from alcoholic drinks altogether I know personal experience from from my my children that I have you know they've just turned 18 and, and they don't drink uh, a lot at all really um and I think as a as a group of a nation with we're we're moving away from the alcoholic drinks and enjoying premium non-alcoholic drinks as as a norm when people are drinking less like you said or focusing on non-alcoholic alternatives um, I guess operators have to work slightly harder to either continue selling more premium non-alcoholic drinks like the ones that you just mentioned, or maybe maximize revenue through more premium food choices as well, because I think sometimes it's the case that people will go out and if they're not drinking, so for example, a lot of people do dry January and if they're going out for dinner and they're saying, okay, I'm not going to spend my money on alcohol because I'm not drinking, they're more inclined to buy uh, more expensive dishes or really treat themselves by getting a starter and a dessert rather than just a main or um, something to kind of balance out the fact that they're not drinking if that makes sense is that something that you've seen a lot of we see elements of that um, not necessarily a great deal this time of year but as the year moves on and people are moving out of the dry January the healthy area when those 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 new year resolutions have worn off then we do tend to see people going down that route uh, of, of treating themselves a little bit more when they're not having the alcohol to having some more premium dishes that they wouldn't normally have if they were drinking. That's great. Thank you. Next up, we're going to talk about calorie conscious consumers. Holly, you'd think that because of this, operators would be focusing on cutting calories wherever possible, but isn't the case, is it? No, definitely not. I think um, one thing that's definitely important to consider with this trend, especially around cutting calories, is Obviously, depending on 
um, the customer base and depending on the sector, this isn't a subtrend that's relevant to all sectors. It's very much more something that we're seeing on the high street. It's something we're seeing in, you know, leisure places, workplaces um, and hospitality, but not so much in healthcare and in schools, for example, where the calorie content would be more about looking at people maximizing the nutrients that they need. Um, and the other thing is, as well as people being conscious of calories, we're seeing a big rise in the popularity of desserts and really kind of, I guess, Instagrammable desserts, you would call them something quite extravagant and a rise in people wanting to go to dessert parlors and things like that as well. Um, and we recently asked consumers um, in our survey if they're going to treat themselves when they're eating and drinking out how would they do that? So what would be a treat to them? And actually the number one thing we saw was that people would choose to order a dessert. So that now comes before um, drinking alcohol or ordering a more premium drink or a more premium dish or venue. People would go for a dessert if they're having a treat. So maybe they're making an occasion more special or maybe it's the weekend and they've been healthy all week and they really want a treat when they go out. So it's all about balance really. But I think there's also... There also seems to be an opportunity for what we call kind of permissible indulgence. So whilst people really want a wow dessert um, that looks exciting and feels exciting, they might want one with less sugar in or um, some sort of lighter or healthier ingredients. Jim, I don't know if there's any sort of key ingredients or swaps or variations of healthier desserts that you think work really well. There's a few simple things that we, we can do to lower the sugar content and, and make things uh, slightly lighter. We have a range of uh, desserts that you can remove half the fat and the sugar content from and replace it with, with fresh fruit. You can re re replace some of the sugar with some lower sugar alternatives like stevia and things like that. That, that work really well on, on lowering the, the sugar and fat contents of the desserts, but still making them appealing to an indulgent to eat. And uh, we also mentioned earlier about uh, the calorie labelling law coming in April. Jim, how do you see this impacting your offer at CH and Co? It's, it's an interesting one. We've been discussing it on, I was on a call recently discussing how, how we're going to implement this and, and roll it out, what impact it's going to have on our, on our customer base and making their choices. Um, I, I think on some people it have a bigger impact than others, uh, whereas some people will just blatantly ignore it and push it to one side and, uh, and still carry on as they are. But it will, it will at least give our customers the choice and the information to make those, those judgments for themselves rather than um, having to rely on us, asking us or, or sticking to set diets. It's going to be an interesting uh, when this comes into play uh, as to how it, how it impacts our, our offer. Um, we, as I said, we are quite a, a focused on health and well-being as a business, um, so I don't see it having a, a massive impact. Um, it's, it's more the control of making sure that they're accurate, that the calorie counting is accurate for our customers. That's really interesting to hear. Thanks, Jim. Our next subtrend is meat reduction and plant-based diets. Holly, what are the key drivers behind this trend? So as well as an increasing focus on protecting the planet and sustainability, which is definitely something that we're seeing growing um, at the moment, and that is one of the key drivers behind people eating less meat, there's also a big focus on health concerns and whether that is people feeling that it's an healthy, a healthier option um, to eat less meat or follow a plant-based diet, or whether it's actually concerns about the direct link between meat 
um, or certain types of meat and diseases, I think particularly um, driven by the pandemic, there are quite a few, um, a few reasons why people are either choosing to cut meat or avoid meat to do with their health. Um, and we're also seeing that increasing numbers are actually choosing to try plant-based diets. So whether they're just experimenting with them or going to do it long-term, um, we saw in 2021, there was a huge increase in the number of people taking part sort of officially in Veganuary, for example, and that's often an entry point. So people might experiment with it in January and then go, do you know what? I feel, I feel healthier now. I feel better. I'll carry this on. And about a third of people currently identify as a flexitarian. So a flexitarian is somebody who predominantly follows a plant-based diet, but then occasionally might eat meat and fish. So there's a huge market of people that will be looking for plant-based options on menus when they eat out as well as when they're at home. Yeah, I think it's really, really interesting to see how that is going to develop. And I think just the fact that people are in general trying to reduce meat as much as they can or they want to really, but there is definitely a focus on reducing meat. And um, so, Jim, what are CH and Co developing with plant-based foods in particular? Uh, our plant-based range has, has, has grown dramatically, especially over the last sort of two to three years. There's, there's been a, a big uptake in the, in the demand for it uh, and also the, the flavour and the work that goes into those dishes. But then there's also the, the meat reduction trend, which we, we, we released pre-COVID. We had a, we've uh, created a, a bank of recipes that, that replaces the meat with some grains, um, which still gives you the texture. Um, and I think that a lot of people are going over this because the, the, the feeling of when you've had a, a, a dish full of meat uh, or a meat dish that's, that's not had half the, the meat replaced with a, a grain or something can be quite uncomfortable feeling. And it's, it's a nicer way to eat and you feel more comfortable afterwards. So we, we have created a batch of recipes to try and educate our chefs on how you go about replacing uh, half the protein with grains, etc. in dishes. Um, and our plant-based offer is growing uh, month on month, really, because the, the, the diversity of it is, is incredible now with ingredients coming out all the time that uh, are there to help us grow that offer and make it more exciting and appealing. Do you think that um, the trend with eating more vegan diets, is it still something that mostly is in the cities or are you finding it is going all over the UK now? I, you're right, it's, it, it did start in the city, but it's, it's rapidly growing outside now, um, especially with the, the press coverage around Planet and the impact that the meat has on the planet, especially red meat, it, it started, people started really picking up on it across the whole country um, rather than, than city-based uh, firms. And it's, it's definitely a, a trend that's growing. That's great. Thank you. Um, so I'm going to wrap things up there. But before I do, Jim, I just wanted to say thank you so much for joining us and sharing such brilliant insight. Uh, it's, a, it's a pleasure. Thank you for inviting us. No problem at all. And Holly, thank you so much for joining me again as co-host. No problem. Thanks for having me back. And the health trend is always a really interesting one to talk about. So thanks, Jim, for your perspective as well. There was some really interesting insight there on the trends for 2022. And the good news is there's more to come. We'll also be going through all the other food and drink trends on the podcast over the next few months. If you're looking for more info on what we've discussed today, you'll be able to find our 2022 food and drink trends on our website, bidfood.co.uk, or there is a link in this episode's summary. You'll also be able to find a link there to the interactive trends for 2022 brochure, which has loads more ideas and recipes to take advantage of. Thank you all for listening. And until next time, goodbye.